When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to the 110th edition of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast, hosted by me, Mac B, the Wolf. And as usual, I am joined by my partner in crime from the East Coast of the U.S., Gary Action Jackson. And we're here to wrap up our 2022 year in review show, show that was getting so long and in depth that we had to break it up into two separate shows. So hopefully you tuned in to show 109 last week, where we went over all the guest podcasters, journalists, and writers that we had on the show in 2022. And we had a lot of fun talking with them and, and talking music, talking books, uh, talking records, talking concerts, things like that. Uh, but we also, on that last show, talked about all the concerts we got to review, both me in England uh, and for Jackson in the U.S. And I did, of course, get to traipse over to America. To Jackson and I could see our first show together in 28 years since we were in college together for Nick Mason's Saucerful of Secrets, which is, of course, something our friends at Pantheon Podcast helped sponsor and helped us be a part of. And we were just so proud to be part of Pantheon and to support Nick Mason and the Saucers on that tour. And it was fun to just kind of have live music back again, right? I mean, in 2021, didn't really get to see much of it. 2020, not a whole lot of it either. So it had been a while. And and some of us were holding tickets for a long, long time. We're just so happy to have live music back that we, we had to talk about it. And so hopefully you had a chance to listen to Show 109 and reminisce on everything that we got to do. But on this show, we wanted to go walk through one by one all the artists, all the musicians, the legends that we had on our show. Look, folks, we're not rock journalists. At least we haven't been most of our lives. You know, we're in business just white-collar, boring jobs. That's what Gary and I kind of do for a living. That's how we pay the rent and keep a roof over our heads and, and food in our bellies, you know. But we have this passion for rock and roll. And when the pandemic started, we decided to start a podcast so we could talk to each other and, and talk about music that we liked and music that we were discovering at this point and share it with each other and just kind of share it with the world. And as the show grew, we started to say, hey, we'd like to have some guests on. And we started to make a list of folks who we'd love to speak with. And fortunately, in 2022, that came to fruition. We got to talk to some amazing folks, folks who we loved all our lives, like Jeff Downs, who's a founder of Asia and was the first man ever on MTV with Trevor Horn in The Buggles with Video Killed the Radio Star. We got to talk to Carl Palmer, also of Asia. We got to talk to Chris Slade, who we knew from the firm in ACDC, but he's played with all sorts of people. We got to talk to Gary Kemp and Guy Pratt of the Rock on Tours and of Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. So these were big deals for us. And we really wanted to, to take our time and just reminisce about the nine interviews with the 11 musicians and legends that we spoke to on The Ugly American Werewolf in London this past year. So we want you to kick back and listen to that and enjoy reminiscing about some of the conversations we had. Before then, just a little bit of business here. 
Of course, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network of Podcasts, nearly 100 shows, and really there's something in there for everyone. It's not just classic rock, although there's some great rock shows on there, and we've been on some of those other shows or had the host of those shows on our show before, so we'd like to give out shout-outs to those folks like Jay at The Hook Rocks, like Christy Alexander-Hallberg of Rock is Lit, like Christian Swain of Rock and Roll Archaeology, like Tom and Zeus of the world's number one ranked KISS podcast, Shout It Out Loudcast, and of course, to our dear friend Paul Stevenson of Vintage Rock Pod and This Day Rocks. We are on there fairly regularly with little snippets for him. I think we're going to be on shortly, I think on the 7th of January, so look forward to that one. But Paul's just a big friend of the show and has helped us with our sound and to get guests, so we appreciate you, Paul, and we wish you nothing but the best in 2023. And let's not forget Martin Popoff, the incredible rock writer who has history in five songs with Martin Popoff. Uh, he did a great show with us on Blue Oyster Cult towards the end of the year. But maybe more important to you is you want to go check out our sponsors, Rare Vinyl. You go to rarevinyl.com. They are based in the UK, but they ship all over the world, and they have the most amazing selection of albums. LPs, 12-inch, 7-inch singles, CDs, tour programs, posters, all sorts of things rock-related. It's not even all rock. There's a quarter of a million items in their catalog. And like I said, they ship all over the world. They have an amazing team to curate and take care of all this stuff. And then make sure once you find it on the website, it gets to you. Go there, find something you love, use code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and then you get 10% off all your orders, not just the first order, but every order you make with them over time. Use the code PODCAST, save yourself 10%. Might knock off that shipping charge, might save you enough to buy one more precious item there. So definitely check out rarevinyl.com. You can also find them at eil.com. But on this, our 110th show and second part of our 2022 year in review, we're talking about all the rockers, all the legends that we got to speak with this year. From Amanda Lehman to Deborah Bonham and Peter Bullock, the run of the Asia guys with Jeff Downs, Carl Palmer, and Chris Slade. The legendary Steve Hackett, Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp of the Rock On Tours, Amanda Hawk Percival, and Jim Cregan, who's probably best known for his time with Rod Stewart, but an amazing guitar player and songwriter. It was an honor to have all of them on the show. I did get to see some of them perform live this year, which was great, and I will go see more of them perform live in the future, that's for sure. So here we are. Part two of our 2022 In Review show, where we're talking about the artists, the legends, the musicians, the rock stars that we had on The Ugly American Werewolf. So we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you following the show. And we appreciate all the amazing guests. So listen up to me and Jackson doing our thing here on The Wolf. Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Well, I just got another bit of news from our sponsor, rarevinyl.com. Uh, okay. I remember, remember yesterday or a couple of days ago, we said, okay, we've had over 100 orders using the code podcast. Uh, it's up to uh, over 130 now. So wow. I don't know. I don't know if people are coming into the holidays like, okay, yeah, I need, you know, I need something for that special rock and roller in my life. I might as well get something. Uh, but that's great news. I mean, you know, you always wonder if what you're doing is paying off for somebody or <laughs> helping them out, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. That would be nice. And it, and it, it's just nice to know that people are actually using this thing and uh, listening to the show. Well, exactly. You know, I mean, it means not only are people listening to the show, which obviously makes us happy, but, you know, look, anybody could sponsor the show and we'd be happy to push their product. You know, depends undergarments for that special <laughs> person in your life. You know, I, I'll sell anything if you pay me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but when I found rarevinyl.com, I'm like, well, that's actually a really good synergy yeah. right there. You know, I mean, people who listen to the stuff we're talking about are record collectors. And if you want to go find first edition or mid condition or tour programs or CDs or whatever it is you're looking for, you got a quarter million items in stock. You know, if you can't find exactly what you want, you probably can eventually, or you can find something else that's really cool. Yeah. And that, that was the other thing. I, I mean, when you first told me about this, I thought it was just records, mm -hmm. which, you know, I mean, that's great, but the, that. the amount, yeah, the amount of stuff that they have is just ridiculous. And and the uh, the the scope of it too, like he had those Queen, um, some kind of like promotional deal, yeah, like you know, point of thing. sale, yeah, record like bins, like from News of the World Robot or something like that, you know, right. to put the records in, like they had half a dozen of them or something. Like, so, where did you get those? So they have records that you always wanted, and then they have stuff. You never knew you wanted, but have to have it as soon as you see it on there. Right. Needful things. As <laughs> soon as you see them, like, I must have that. <laughs> yeah. So go to rarevinyl.com, use code podcast, save 10%. They ship all over the world. And they've got just great, great, great stuff. And like they showed, they, you know, I, we did that Van Halen show. And usually every week I try to do some kind of social media post to tie mm. in to the show's topic or theme that week. Yeah, uh, and they, they had this amazing like Japanese box set of Van Halen singles. I was like, "Whoa, man, that is awesome!" I would mm -hmm. love to have something like that. Yeah, uh, so it's always worth checking out. Cool. Now we're kind of in the last stage of the of this part of the show or, or this show here, and we saved it for the nine interviews we did with artists. Which again, two years ago, it was something we dreamed about and something we thought we could and should do. We weren't really sure how to go about doing that we weren't sure how to 
link up with that. So we just kind of started to put our feelers out there and get in touch with publicists and agents and folks like that, kind of mm-hmm. see what happens. You know? And again, when we first started doing that, we thought, boy, would it be great to get one of these people, anybody, it didn't matter at that point in time. And to have the number that we did this year is... It, it, I didn't. I still have to pinch myself to think that we actually got to talk to the people we did. Well, I have to agree with you there. I mean, I was look talking to somebody who I don't even know their music, you know, and and don't even know anything about them. That would have been a good step forward for us, mm-hmm. you know. But we went out there and kind of targeted. Okay, well, these folks would be great to talk to for because we like their music because they fit into the theme of the show, whatever. They have a new album, that kind of thing. And obviously, you don't get everybody to respond, or not everybody says yes. At least not right away. But a, a, a rock and roll kid's dream to talk to heroes, to talk to actual rock stars that they grew up watching on MTV and listening to their music. This is the dream come true part. I mean, not that talking rock with you once a week isn't a dream come true, Jackson, but every once in a while I'll get someone on here who actually does it, who I've paid for their records, who I've paid mm-hmm. to see play live, and then right. ask questions I've always wanted to ask. How cool is that? Right. And to think about, to go back and think about when we first started listening to these records or, you know, well, first started listening to them together. And and Mm -hmm. could you imagine sitting there in the college dorm saying, hey, you know, one day we're going to get to talk to Carl Palmer, Jeff Downs. It's Chris Slade. Chris Slade. Yeah. And you would have said, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, That would be nice, but there's no way. And then, yeah, to have them have the person pop up on the little Zoom screen, like, There they really are. They are. Oh my! Oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it. This really is a dream come true. If we ever make millions of dollars, that would be fantastic. However, getting to talk to these people and do this show—it it sounds cliche, but really is reward enough at this point in time. Well, absolutely, and I, I feel like we need to set our sights on thousands of dollars before we get to <laughs> millions of dollars, <laughs> or just dollars. <laughs> How about break even? You know, given all the equipment I keep buying and like it keeps not working or whatever. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well let's let's walk through it because the very first guest we had on, and I did reach out to her publicist, was Amanda Lehman on episode mm-hmm. sixty-one early in twenty twenty-two. And again, Amanda is a brilliant guitar player and singer and songwriter, but I had gotten to know her because I saw her play with Steve Hackett at the Palladium in London. Uh, mm. And not only does she come out and sing on songs like Shadow of the Hierophant, but Steve has ultimate confidence in her. He lets her double him on his solo to every day. His like signature solo song and a solo from that song, which is so amazing. It's not like, okay, everybody clear out. I'm going to the front of the stage and spotlight on me. You know, He's like, no, he's happy to share it with her. And when I saw her do that with him, like, Wow, she's really amazing. And at that night, because she basically was, they do an opening set of solo stuff, and then they did all of Seconds Out uh, mm-hmm. without Amanda. So she's kind of the opening act with Steve Hackett for Steve Hackett. But, you know, I was tweeting right away, like, oh, Amanda Lehman was so great tonight. And then, boom, she retweeted it right there. I'm like, well, she's right on <laughs> she's right on social media right this second, isn't she? So when I reached out to her, publicist yeah uh it was great that we got to talk and we got to walk through her innocence and illusion album track by track yeah and it was it was nice to uh to meet her someone who like you said is a proficient singer and player 
but also a really nice person, very humble to talk to. Mm-hmm. Great to go through her record and just get to know her a little bit over the uh, over the computer here. We we actually were lucky enough to talk to her twice, That's and right. it's interesting to talk to a woman who is basically in a uh, very male dominated field of rock and roll guitar hero well that's absolutely right you know and, and i admit that when i was a kid I'm like oh, i don't want to see some woman play the guitar <laughs> i gotta tell you in this day and age you know everyone's saying rock is dead and stuff like that i feel like women are playing a pretty important role in keeping rock alive you know mm-hmm. we get mm-hmm. bands like plush you get bands like the warning out of mexico you got someone like nita strauss who's who's going up the charts you know you're seeing a lot more women in rock these days and I think it's brilliant. I think it's awesome to see, you know. Absolutely. And, and yes, you know, she is part of Steve Hackett's band. And obviously Steve Hackett gets a lot of press because he's part of Genesis. He's a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's, he was on all those classic records in the 70s and has made so many on his own and with so many other people. But I just thought it was great to be able to talk to her about her music. And then, you know, yeah, uh, maybe pepper in a couple of a couple of questions related to, you know, touring with Steve or Genesis and that kind of thing. So, yeah, you're right. We talked to her again about her single One Last Spin, which is to combat, mm. you know, gambling addiction on episode 70. But this was just, I mean, we spent better part of an hour with her, uh, and she was very gracious with her time. Yeah. And, and it was interesting to hear her music, too, because it's it's not really in the same vein as Steve. There was some different tracks on there. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's always nice to hear new music and to be exposed to someone and then get to talk to the person who actually made it and kind of what was the what was the beginning part of this how did you get there there was some stuff some personal stuff that she put in there it was really interesting to to go through the creative process yeah how does a songwriter craft Mm -hmm. the output the thing that you hear on the record you know and yeah it's not like if we listen to classic rock radio driving around our cars we were ever going to hear that in the u.s you know so Mm -hmm. even if you heard one song on one gj's special show you're not going to hear the whole thing so I was really happy to uh, to spend some time. And yeah, as soon as you have your first artist interview, then you're like, okay, here's what I did well. Here's what I thought we could do better. You know, and, and then you have confidence going into the, and she gives compliments. She's like, no, you guys ask thoughtful questions. You know, so I, I thought that was great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If we could have rearranged or arranged the order of how we were going to do this, she was definitely the the best person to go first for us. Absolutely. Now, just so happens that her publicist also represents Deborah Bottom and Peter Bullock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get a lot of, or I get a lot of publicists and people saying, hey, you know, this band's got a new album coming out. You want to, you know, hear it and then you could have them on the show. You know, and I, I love getting that kind of stuff and I love learning about new bands like that. But this is kind of a classic rock show. And if, if I don't know your band at all, and this is like your second album, you know, it may not be a good fit for the show, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I've never seen them or whatever, you know, it, it, I might say, okay, well, thanks, but, you know, I'm glad to know about this band, but, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to have them on the show. Their publicist sent me tracks from their new album, the, the Bottom Bullet Blues Covers album that they put out. And I was like, and he wasn't even like, hey, have them on the show. He's like, here's their new thing. If you want to check it out, I'm like, oh, I very much like this. This is very, very good. This is perfect for a show. We'd love to have them on. Mm-hmm. So we booked them for show 72, Deborah Bottom and Peter Bullock. But unfortunately, because you had uh, some family emergency stuff going on, you were traveling in Europe. We had just been together talking to Amanda the second time together live. 
Mm. And then you were about to go back to the States. And unfortunately you had a, a family emergency and that's the only show that we've ever done that didn't feature both of us. You, you weren't on the show. And I, I kind of regret that because I wanted you to be able to talk to Deborah and Peter, obviously, but we were kind of at that stage. Like we, we weren't really in a position to like turn people down, you know, or say, Hey, <laughs> we can't do what we scheduled. Can we do that again? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I was, uh, yeah, right. We, we had a, we had a little bit of an emergency and I was very sad that I couldn't be, that I couldn't do that. But I understand. I was like, my family comes first. That has to be the number one priority. Easy, you, yeah. You, yeah, you handled it perfectly. I was just sad that I wasn't part of it. Hopefully, um, we can have them on again because it sounded like you guys had a great time. They're definitely a fit. I know when you when you first brought that up, you're like, yo, it's John Bonham's sister, and she's got a record out. I'm like, well, yeah, sure, she does. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> and then. You play you play the music and you're like, wow, this is really, really good. It's amazing. And it's yeah, and, and it, like you said, it was just a perfect fit for the show and uh, two just awesome people to talk to. Yeah, super folks. And you know how it is with the blues. You can't play the blues fantastic when you're 22 years old. Mm -hmm. They've lived and loved and lost enough to get to this point that they've earned the right to play this music. And they really picked right. out some great tunes, the way they arrange it. The band is tight. And, and they enjoy, I, I think they enjoy talking with me. Crazy enough, their first apartment in London together is was right around the corner from where I lived, right <laughs> off Abbey Road. And, and I walked over there afterwards and sent them a picture. I'm like, yep, here it is, you know. Uh, but, yeah. You know, great stories from them uh, talking about touring with Paul, Paul Rogers. Peter's a great, a great guy. He's funny. He's the kind of guy that we would hang out with for hours at the pub, just like shooting the shit and telling stories. Right, right, right until the time when I passed out because I couldn't hang with somebody like that. <laughs> what, what did he, what did he call himself? He he was the uh, he was the Irish werewolf. The, the Irish, the ugly the Irish werewolf, werewolf yeah. in England. Yeah. Yes. Wow. You knew he was going to be trouble, but yeah, they they just sounded awesome. And then and then the whole tie in with uh, with Christy also was uh, was cool. Well, that was I was happy to be able to do that. Yes, Christy Alexander Hallberg, who is our friend, we talked about having her on the show earlier, and her book "Searching for Jimmy Page." Yeah, there's there's a story in there about how she went to John Bonham's grave and actually met Deborah that day. She was visiting his grave as well. And to share that story with her and to get her a copy of Christie's book, I think really made Christie's day as well. And so anything we can do for right. our sister Christie, I'm happy to do. Yeah. So I'm packing for that trip and I'm thinking to myself of all the things I can't forget. Right. I can't forget your copy of the book and I can't forget the, what did she, it was a note that she was, that, uh, that she wanted us to pass along to Deborah. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I cannot, I cannot forget this. That would be the worst thing. And we oh, didn't yeah, read so it. We didn't read it. We could nope. have, but, nope. but nope. we didn't. That was a personal Not, note from Christy to Just a courier. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And happy so. to do it. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll get a chance to see them play live. If they come to America, though, we've got it. We've got it. Oh, absolutely. We got to yeah. check them down. Yeah, absolutely. That would be too bad if they were like at the whiskey or something. I had to go to L.A. L.A. I was thinking about this because, you know, who Christy had on her show recently is Miss Pamela, Pamela DeVar. Yes. Uh -huh. And, and Miss Pamela still does pick out cool outfits for rockers. And if I could get a budget together, how cool would it be to make an appointment with Miss Pamela to help me pick out something cool, like if we were going to a show or an event or something like that, yeah, how that awesome would, would that be? That would that, be awesome. Have yeah. her dress me for something? That would be amazing. Exactly. 
because Lord knows we can't trust ourselves. Good. What is that, shorts and a T-shirt? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's May through September. What else am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's 100 degrees in America where I live during that time. No, no, that, that was a lot of fun. I was just sorry that you weren't a part of it. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I'm glad that there was just one, and I'm glad that the the medical issue was taken care of. So that's not a that's in the past now. So well, yeah. obviously, yeah. I mean, I was yeah. like, look, let's make sure the family's okay. The show right. is really not that important in the grand right. scheme of thing. Yeah, much as we like it, you know. Yeah. That's what I kept telling myself that it, it all it all works out for a reason. Uh, it was it was good. I'm glad we got to do it and you're right at that point in time we couldn't say well you know we need to reschedule yeah you'll reschedule to never how about that exactly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, whoever you are uh but no no it worked out great now speaking of rescheduling anyone who's listened to like the first 25 50 100 shows know that we have this soft spot in our heart for prog pop sensation asia Mm -hmm. john wet and steve howe jeff downs and carl palmer and we used to have a few drinks back in the day, in, back in the dorm in the day. And we listened to whatever, ACDC, Metallica, Rolling Stones, you know, whatever. And then it's like, you think it's time to put Asia on now? You know I mean? <laughs> Do we have a good enough buzz to put that on, you know, crank it up and annoy everybody down the hallway? And that's just something we did. So from the first shows, because we did shows like 24 and 25 were first Asia shows. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of like we did the, the first album or so of 24th and we did kind of alpha through everything else after that. And we did the box set review. Uh, I want to show that say it was show 54, 55, something like that. So yeah, we were, we were trying to get, we would, we really wanted to get Jeff Downs on because he is Mr. Asia. His, his uh, Twitter handle is at Asia Jeff, you know, so he's, <laughs> he's Mr. Asia. He's the only guy who's really always in Asia. We had it lined up to talk to him, and then he had to cancel. Mm-hmm. Or he was double booked, and his, his PR, you know, she got back to me and said, sorry, he's double booked. Let's do it next week. So I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll do it next week. And in the meantime, we then interviewed Carl Palmer. Yeah. And then right after, and then I went to his publicist's office, and we chatted for a while, and she gave me some swag, uh, including, you know, some nice box set kind of stuff and some records and, and cool stuff. And then when I got home from her office, we found out that Alan White had passed away. Right. Mm-hmm. It like happened that day. Yeah, I'm that like, oh day. Oh my God, I was just in his publicist's office. And then, God, he just passed away. And I, I, I feel like that was on a Thursday. And then on Monday, okay. we interviewed Jeff. So we were one of the first interviews with Jeff after the passing of Alan White. So on show 79, we interviewed Jeff Downs. It wasn't really long, but we got to talk to him a little bit about what Alan had meant to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was kind of a poignant time. Yeah, and, and he was he was very gracious to give us the time, but also to talk about Alan because I mean, like you said, that was that was pretty raw, pretty fresh for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if I remember correctly, I don't think Alan was. It was pretty quick before they said, "Oh, he's sick," and then he passed. So That's right. it was still it was still really fresh to him. And I don't know if he you know had even gotten to process it yet. But he was very nice to talk, talk to us about himself and also his relationship with Alan. Yeah, you know, and they had already known that Alan wasn't going to be able to play on the tour. So they had Jay Shellen all lined up to do his drum parts, right? which they've done in the past. But, you know, it would have been one of those things like Alan could come out on stage and wave and say hi or mm-hmm. maybe 
Um, and they let Jay handle the drumming or whatever. So they're, they're getting ready for the Close to the Edge at 50 tour. So we kind of combined his interview with our review of Close to the Edge. But it was also at the time that they were releasing the box set of Asia in Asia, like the recording mm. of the MTV satellite broadcast of Asia in Tokyo, December 1983, with Greg Lake instead of John Wetton. And it was cool that they'd finally given this like the, the deluxe treatment, you know, and it had all these right. these great goodies in it and the colored vinyl and stickers and photos and pins and all sorts of neat stuff in it. So not only can we talk to him about something, he a, a tour he's about to go on, but about the re-release of this kind of special moment in the history of television and the history of yeah. rock and roll, the history of MTV that he was a part of, you know, and that was really cool. Yeah, and it, it was interesting to, that we got to talk to him and Carl at about the same time, I think they were maybe a couple of days apart. Yeah. To kind of give both their takes on that Asia and Asia uh, tour and show. And, you know, I, I, I bad about that show a little bit just because it doesn't have our boy John Wetton in it. Right. right. And, you know, but Greg Lake came in and did an amazing job in what, three weeks time, a month time, you know, learning all the parts on bass, learning all the songs. Mm. And I go back and listen to it now. It, it's not as, I, it, I used to just, I, I gave it no creeps because it didn't have John Wetton. I'm like, well, that's right. not even Asia to hell with that. But go back and listen to it. He actually did a, a pretty darn good job. And they had, to, they had to tweak a few things, maybe change the key a little bit for him. But he did an amazing job. Yeah, and, and that was one of the stories, too. And I, and I don't remember now who told the story. It might, I think it was Jeff, how they were supposed to play uh, one song mm -hmm. in a different key, not as high, so that Greg could sing it and not struggle with it. And uh, they didn't. I guess they right. forgot or whatever. Yeah, and went right into the song. It's like, yeah. oops, I'm and, doing it the usual way. Correct. And they said, Greg, just he he didn't pitch a fit. He didn't do anything. He sang it high. Mm -hmm. And he did a great job. But like just a consummate professional of not just, you know, turning around saying, what are you doing and walking off the stage or anything like that. He just kept it rolling. So, yeah, I mean, it really is kudos to him to have to have gone in there and done not just that show, but that whole tour when mm -hmm. that band was so big, I mean, it, that could have all just fallen apart that they were having a problem with John. Uh, just, uh, I think it was a, you know, a conflict of personalities or something at that point in time. Right, right. And, and uh, you know, I think John was doing some heavy drinking and Steve is, Steve Howes is for the most part a teetotaler. He, you know, doesn't eat meat, doesn't yeah. drink hard drugs, doesn't really drink. So he's like, this isn't working. We're getting rid of John Wetton. I don't know. They say it was Kalodner who suggested Greg Lake that said, hey, Carl, yeah. why don't you reach out to Greg and see if he'd be willing to do this? You know, because like we booked this, we paid a lot <laughs> of money. David Geffen <laughs> is not joking. This has to go on. We've already advertised it all over MTV. It's happening. So go mm. find a fucking bass player who can sing, you know, uh, he's like, all right, yeah, well, I guess I can do that. And it didn't all work out. And, and Carl talked a little bit of that, that, I mean, that, Talk about, we didn't know if we'd ever be able to talk to anyone from Asia. And then in the mm. same week, we talked to half of them. <laughs> talked to half of them. And we chose back-to-back, -back, show 80 with Carl Palmer. It was interesting because we talked about we talked to Carl about, you know, Asia was going to do like a, a 40th anniversary tour of America, you know. Mm. And I think they had that kind of lined up. And then what happened was the Close to the Edge thing, it got booked out further. Like, okay, there's interest in Japan. There's interest in the U.S., so now Jeff and Steve can't do that. Not that Steve's in Asia anymore, but now Jeff can't do it. So we might have to push it back. What I would love to have Carl back on to talk about is 
the ELP, like the 50th anniversary ELP kind of reunion, quote unquote, that he just toured the U.S. on, mm-hmm. which was him piping in Keith Emerson and Greg Lake's not only music, but vocals and showing videos of them and stuff like that. I'd like to know how that went and, and how he felt about how it went down. Yeah, and it was, yeah, I would like to hear the same thing too. I know that there was, there is some, that, that's a very hot button topic now in the world of rock and roll that, you know, the backing tracks and is a live show live. Um, But it's one thing when it's the person who's on the stage and they're augmenting the vocals, that's, I could see how you would get upset with that. But for people who have passed away, you don't really have another choice other than to bring in straight up other musicians, but you really want to see ELP play. And yeah, he was a great guy to talk to. It was interesting because he, I don't want to, say he hijacked the interview but he definitely directed traffic right off the bat so i remember like you know we were all excited we had this list of questions and then that was out the door really quick he's like here's what we're talking about okay (laughs) this is your show and then so we kind of had to like rearrange the question order and everything and yeah he was a he's a really great guy and to to hear the the memories of that show and that tour were really cool too because like you said yeah we kind of just wrote that off because it wasn't the original band but it was still a big, uh, still a big tour, still a big deal, and a huge right. deal for MTV. Huge, huge yeah. deal for MTV. And I, I wish I could get my hands on the whole video. I, I mean, through YouTube and some places you get it. Because in addition to the actual show, the actual concert, they kind of did a run up, and I don't know if it was forty five minutes or an hour or something like that. But they kind of did a run up to the concert to kind of show these guys in their element and you show you see steve howe like playing guitar like with his kids and you know like here's mm-hmm. greg leg he's back in like ireland or where he is like you know getting ready for the show and here's carl on tenerife you know and he's he's with his daughter you know his baby daughter on his knee you know talking about how he wants her to become a lawyer one day <laughs> which she did you know which is <laughs> amazing you know so i it, it's too bad it didn't include that but if through technology, we kind of get our hands on anything. And if anyone out there has those clips or, you know, has access to send them to us, send them to us. We want to see the whole thing. Yeah. That, that was one of the great parts about that. When you were talking to, you brought that up with Carl and he's like, Oh yeah, she did become a lawyer. She's my lawyer right now. <laughs> okay. No, she said, no, you can't afford me. Like, you, know, oh, yeah. Yeah. you can't, I can't be your lawyer. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That and, oh, and going back and looking at that, it, it hammered home the fact. I think uh, what was his name? The VJ guy, Mark Goodman, I mm-hmm. think, was the MC for that night. That's right. Which I totally forgot about. And you know, if 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 somebody ever wanted to do a documentary on the the original days of MTV, that would be really great to watch because to think about they they got to do everything. There was no segmented. You know, you're the, the this person and this other guy does punk and this guy does rock. You just mm-hmm. had you could do it. You could go from talking to Wham to talking to Ozzy Osbourne in thirty five minutes. Right. And so yeah, to get that call, you're going to go not only MC this giant satellite driven show in Japan. Okay, boss, I'm on the next plane. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. No, and I think. Uh... There is a Pantheon podcast, Basic, that uh, is led by someone who was part of MTV back in those early days. Uh, okay. And so and, and definitely check out those episodes. But yeah, I mean, it's, it would be so amazing just to talk about what it was like putting MTV together. Like, 
we didn't know what the hell we were doing. You know, right. We were just we were just trying to get enough content on there for 24 hours a day, yeah. you know. And it was beautiful. That's the thing. It was wonderful. Now MTV sucks. I wouldn't watch MTV for five minutes today. Correct. But, yeah. but back in the or in 81, 82, 83, I mean, and really, even though they started having shows in the mid to late 80s, Headbangers Ball, 120 minutes, you know, I love those things, man. It, mm-hmm. it was a great way to get different kinds of music that you don't always get. But, you know, Asia, Asia plays maybe an outsized role in our music appreciation, but they played a pretty big role. I mean, look, Jeff Downs was on the first video ever shown on MTV, Video Killed the Radio stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then he was on the first ever worldwide satellite broadcast. That's two huge seminal moments that were so important to us in our lives. And yet, Jeff Downs is still not a household name for the most part. Yeah, unfortunately. And and just a great guy to talk to. Uh, again, very humble. And yeah, it, just the amount of stuff with, with the both of them, actually everybody that we've gotten to interview, it, it's been refreshing because nobody's really kind of full of themselves. Like you bring that up and they're like, oh yeah, yeah I, I did do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's It's just, it's incredible. But after a while, I think you've done so many things. That it's just like, yeah, that's that's just another in a history of things that we've gotten to do tour the world, you know, play in front of zillions of people and still be able to do it today. I mean, we were talking about the close to the edge and doing that tour, but mm-hmm. yes, just put out another new record. So I mean, he's not slowing down. He's still right. out there, out there doing his thing. And from what I understand, they're going they are touring in 2023. They're finally going to do Relayer, which they were supposed to do. For the last few years, got postponed, postponed, and then they changed close to the edge because that's kind of the bigger draw at 50. But I think they're working on another album as well, from what I understand. Plus, he's trying to do something with Asia next year, I think. I mean, uh, no grass is growing under Jeff's feet. He's been working. Yeah, and so that just proves that that's really what he wants to do. It's not he doesn't have to. He really just loves creating new music and playing in front of a live audience. This is Neil from Def Pod. Hey guys, this is Ryan Condal, the executive producer, writer, creator of House of the Dragon. Hi, I'm Amanda Lehman. Hey guys, this is Chris from My Rock and Roll Heaven. Hi, this is Christy Alexander Hallberg, author of the novel Searching for Jimmy Page. Hey, this is Anna Stella. Hi, I'm Deborah Bonham. And I am the Irish werewolf in England, Peter Bullock. Hey, this is Tom and Zeus from Shout It Out Loudcast. And you are listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Hi, I'm Paul Stevenson from Vintage Rock Pod. Hi, this is Carl Palmer. Hi, this is Jeff Downs. Hi, guys. This is Chris Slade. Hi, this is Steve Hackett. This is Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Hi, this is Gary Kemp. And this is Guy Pratt. And you're listening to The Ugly American Werewolf in London. Podcast. <laughs> so that was the first two. We had three amazing artist interviews in a row. 79 was Jeff Downs of Yes in Asia. 80 was Carl Palmer of ELP in Asia. And number 81 was legendary drummer Chris Slay, who's played with Mm -hmm. everyone from Tom Jones to Olivia Newton-John to Manfred Mann to David Gilmore to ACDC to Michael Schenker to Asia. That's right, folks. He even has it (laughs) in Asia. Okay. And I just remember when we were in college, when we lived together, ACDC Live came out, Mm -hmm. which is the first real... I mean, I think 74 Jailbreak was a live album, but it was the first live album to kind of feature all their hits. Almost a de facto greatest hits album at the time, to be honest with you. And it featured both Bon Scott and our boy... uh, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson's Mm -hmm. songs on there, which was really cool. And I just remember seeing him in the Thunderstruck video when we were in high school. Like, 
would you look at that guy? The guy with the shaved head, he's like a menace, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> but he could not have been nicer. He was so generous with his time. And that story of that afternoon or that day where he got a call from David Gilmore, and David Gilmore asked him to go out on tour with him. He said, yes, David, I would love to. And then he goes down to the pub to have a few to celebrate, comes home, then he gets a call from Jimmy Page. <laughs> so do you want to join a band with me and Paul Rogers? He's like, well, I'd love to, Jimmy, but I, I kind of got this David Gilmore tour to do. He's like, okay, yeah, no worries. Go do that. And then uh, we'll hook up with you when you get back. I'm like, that's the greatest day anyone's ever had. Are you kidding me? It's amazing. And to hear him tell that story, like, yeah, that's yeah, that's the way it goes. I mean, I, I thought it was great. And 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 the the fact too that he was he was adamant about fulfilling his contract with David Gilmore. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't I can't do this. I I've said yes, I can't do it. And then Paige being cool enough to say, eh, eh, whatever. I mean, I've got nobody tells Jimmy Page what to do, so mm -hmm. we can that's wait. Right. As soon as we as soon as you're ready, we'll go ahead and do it. And to be part of the firm uh, with Tony Franklin also on base, oh, and man. I don't, uh, I don't, I can't remember now if I if I really was super familiar with them before ACDC, and so it was like you know this dude's been in another band with Jimmy Page. Oh, really? And to go back and discover that was really cool too. But yeah, to talk to him and kind of get his take on joining a band like that and being with the the Young Brothers and Brian Johnson, you've got to be pretty sure of yourself to go into a situation like that especially for a that's band right. that i mean the firm was that was a new i mean yes it was jimmy page yes it was paul rogers but it was new they were doing right. new music you're going in you got to be able to play all of the acdc stuff note perfect not just for the fans but for basically malcolm young for malcolm yeah if you can't handle it you're not going to be around right that. right he is yeah. he was very small but he would cut you in half in two seconds if you weren't up to the uh up to the challenge that's right and, and hearing the story about being in the studio is like and the producer's like can you do dum dum i was like yeah i can do that now get me two big bass drums in here <laughs> and i'll do that dum, dum. And it's so so cool and i have seen acdc a couple of times without him and mm -hmm. hey they're always great they're always fantastic live but that song without him is just not quite yeah the same. yeah yeah because because he did he is as much as acdc has a sound he was able to kind of put his put his signature on that and yeah i always thought that was cool the video was cool and to see him as really the first guy in in rock or metal to go with the bald look mm -hmm. was yeah i mean he was very menacing and and he just looked i remember in the promo photos too he looked very menacing because the you know he looked like he was about eight feet tall i know i know it makes you look so tough and when he's kind of scholar has got his, his yeah. mouth over he's going yeah Nah, like, wow, would you look at that guy? He's insane. And the, the thing is, I knew the firm. I knew Radioactive. I just didn't know anybody other than Jimmy Page, and, and, you know, right? until I grew up a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God, that was it? No way. That's cool, you know? So, but, I mean, dude, he played with Tom Jones mm -hmm. in the 60s. It's not yeah. unusual. He was on that song, dude. You be kidding. <laughs> you know, and we lost Olivia Newton-John. You know, not that long ago, you know, it was this year, you know, he played with her in a band called Tomorrow. I'm like, God, mm -hmm. the guy has been around. It's unbelievable. And you know what? He still does it. He, he was yeah. touring this fall. He was out mm -hmm. there hitting the skin. So God love him. So glad he can come on anytime. Yeah. And, and I, I you know, I'd love to see that timeline show if they ever 
come, you know, I know they do a lot of European days, but if they ever come to the States, I would love to see that show. I know that would be so much fun. You know, lots of ACDC stuff, some man for man stuff. Mm -hmm. He was in Uriah Heap. I mean, he he has an amazing, amazing career. I think they even, he does comfortably nothing because it's not like he didn't do it with, uh, with David Gilmore on that tour, you know? So, yeah. Which by the way, I think Guy Pratt was in a band that opened for them on that tour. So he must know Guy, you know. Uh, so, but we'll, we'll, we're getting to him here very, very shortly. Now, look, getting Jeff Downs on was always our goal. I mean, from like day one, we're going to have a podcast. Anyone you'd like to talk to, Jeff Downs yeah. would have been top mm-hmm. of the list. But our fifth and sixth shows were basically me trying to convince you that Steve Hackett was this unappreciated genius <laughs> that you and I didn't grow up knowing anything about. Mm-hmm. And I had really gotten into him. And so we did a couple of shows uh, on him and on his role in Genesis. And those shows did very well for us because he and probably his wife, Joe, who I think has a hand in his social media, mm-hmm. they retweeted us a bunch of times. And, and I remember after the, we did our first two shows and we had, okay, we've had 21 total downloads. We've had 29 total downloads <laughs> after a couple of weeks. <laughs> And then we shot up to like 500. I remember Christmas Eve 2020. And I sent you a picture of like, congratulations on your first 500 downloads. Like that was such a monumental accomplishment for us. We were so proud of it. And it was really just because Steve and Joe had retweeted our, you know, our shows out there to his legion of followers, you know. But obviously at that point, then we, we wanted to say, hey, we want to get Steve Hackett on the show. Well, Yes, we said it would be very nice to get Steve Hackett on the show. Right. <laughs> but he's yeah, a big right. deal. He's a member of the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You can't just say, hey, can I have Steve Hackett? Yeah, sure. We want tomorrow. Nah, it doesn't work that way. But uh, we, we, and we've mentioned this on the show several times that really the great part is when you get, you get introduced to something new it, it, uh, that you've never heard before. Right. And so, yeah, you, you, oh, it's Steve Hackett. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll listen. I'll listen. That, that's fine. And then you say, yeah, that's the, the, he is that good. Why is he not a household name in the United States? Yeah. And it's because Genesis in the United States is probably 83 to 87. Right. You know, that's the, the big albums for us. But yeah, to, to, to listen to that and to get into his, his style of playing, which is not what I was really used to at that point in time, but more, you know, uh, I don't want to say it's not really so much jazz. It's, it's more like orchestral right. arrangements. Yeah, that was not really not really what I was ready for in college. But to go to to get introduced to it now, yeah, you can see how this guy is just a beast. And we were talking about Amanda before, a guy who does not mind sharing the spotlight. It's his show, but he will step back and let the other members of the band kind of shine in their time. Well, I know, and it's it's like he's an open channel. I mean, his output is incredible. It's mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. I mean. Go to Tony Banks, Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins, and Mike Rutherford, and even throw in Mike and the Mechanics. He's put out more solo albums than all of those guys put together, mm-hmm. you know. And he's been prolific since they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's been prolific about putting out a new album every couple of years or so, put out two during the pandemic, basically. And then yeah. every time he does a tour, he does not only a live album, but a DVD to go with it mm-hmm. to show the performance. And then usually maybe some kind of documentary, maybe about making the album or being on tour. Just very good to his fans. And so we've been trying for a long time. So let's try to get him on 
And finally it happened. He snuck us in right after he had finished up like his Australian and Asian Far East part of his seconds out tour comes back to England before he starts kind of retooling the set list to get ready for Foxtrot at 50, you know? And again, great conversation, kind of him to make the time, uh, but he is our first member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to be on the show. Yeah, and and, and a, a cool guy to talk to. And like you said, he was in the middle of totally retooling his set. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was, I think, I can't remember exactly what the spread was, but it was maybe a week or less than that, where you had to basically change the entire show. And what was that like as far as learning that music for him and the band and putting it all together? And yeah, he was just like, yeah, just, you know, we just change. It's not a complete retool. I mean, you know, some of the stuff from Foxtrot, you know, was on seconds out, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like he hadn't played any of this stuff before, yeah. you know. And uh, But, you know, then he's got to mix in other songs. He's going to maybe put in some of his solo stuff you know so it's like yeah we, let's change this up however something new for the for the next year it was just a lot of fun and you know so yeah. and it's just so cool that like 10 years ago i only knew his name knew he mm-hmm. had been in genesis back in the day didn't know anything about his music and about eight or so years ago i started to get into his solo stuff and his genesis stuff and i'm like wow this is so good why is it this bigger in the united states <laughs> then i moved to england I get to see him play. You know, I'm trying to convince you, dude, this is somebody who rock radio just missed out on for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, you got to understand who this guy is. And then to be able to get him on the show, show number 87, wow, special, yeah. special was, time for us. That was another one, too, where, where I knew he was coming on and, you know, it was just the two of us. And then all of a sudden the other window pops up. And you're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then he comes on there. And, yeah, just a, a very nice English gentleman who he was very humble to talk to, but you could mm-hmm. also tell, like, I mean, we could still be on with him. Oh, yeah, we had tons of questions for him. That yeah. But, you know, he it's one of those things, like, we sharing lines up stuff for him, he's got back to back to back to back. Yes. So it's, yes. it's like, he, even if he wanted to give us 20 more minutes, he couldn't, <laughs> you know, he, he's got someplace else to be. You know? Right, yeah. Um, but, but super guy and super talented. And, hey, he's not letting any grass grow under his feet either. I guarantee you. He's going to be, I mean, he's already got stuff lined up for 2023. I guarantee you he'll come back to America. Uh, so who knows? Maybe you'll get to see him then. Hi, this is Jim Cregan, and you're listening to The Ugly American Werewolf in London. And they're just the best. Okay. Now, as we've mentioned, we are part of the Pantheon podcast family. And it's an honor for us because there are some great shows on there we always talk about our friends who we've been on their shows or had on our show kind of thing but there's also like real legends on there like you know carmine a piece and Vinny apice are on there you know and, and pamela mm-hmm. debar has their art show on there you know so it's pretty cool and so really what the advantage to that for us is to have some camaraderie with other podcasters to maybe share some resources get a break uh, on pricing, on some of the things that we need to create our podcast and publish it and things like that. And maybe you can get some guests on, you know, from other podcasters who might want to say, hey, you know, you, you need to talk to this publicist or you want to have this guest on, that kind of thing. And obviously, Show 75 was about me going to see Nick Mason, the Saucer Full of Secrets at Royal Albert Hall. Unbeknownst to us, Pantheon worked out a deal 
to sponsor Nick Mason's Sausage Full of Secrets Tour in the U.S. And when they said, okay, well, some people are going to get to interview Nick and maybe some other folks, we're like, yes, we are all in. We want to do this in the worst way. And they gave us some stuff for social media to do it. And obviously, we were upset that maybe we didn't get to interview Nick, but you know, he, he wasn't going to do 20 different podcasts. You know, he was just <laughs> going to do a few. There is a pecking order, and we're still mm. relatively new compared to some of the folks who are on there. So we understood that. But I put in, I said, listen, we'd love to have Nick. I know you need him for bigger people, but we've got to have Gary and Guy on. Because mm. on our third show, when we reviewed Delicate Sound of Thunder, both the movie and the live album, we're talking about how much we like Guy Pratt and how he's got this show, The Rock on Tours, which is actually pretty darn good. And he does it with Gary Kemp. Wouldn't it be cool to get him on? <laughs> like that'll ever happen. <laughs> you know, because we still didn't even know what the heck we were doing on the podcast. You know, we didn't know how to record it right. We didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't know anything about social media. At that point, I'd been on Twitter like two weeks. You know, so like, yeah, that'll never happen. But I said, hey, look, Guy Pratt does follow us. On social media, because when when we did the show, and I said, "Hey, look how awesome Guy and Gary were there," uh, they gave us a follow. You know, so I think mm -hmm. that helped convince the Pantheon folks that yes, we were worthy enough to get Gary and Guy on. And uh, and and honestly, that was a blast. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, you were you were mentioning about the Rock on Tours. It, it's a great show. There are two guys that really enjoy each other's company, enjoy mm -hmm. telling stories, enjoy. Um, Interviewing people who are there, it's a mix between their heroes and their contemporaries. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a great show to listen to, but I remember that was one of the first podcasts that I listened to, to try and mirror or mm -hmm. at least pick up some things on how they interacted with each other for our show, because they just did seem like it was real easy for them to hang out and have these conversations. Yeah. So get to getting to talk to them live. It was exactly the same thing The the two of them are just, you can tell how friendly they are and they kind of have not they weren't you know just like that playful back and forth and they didn't step on each other like they knew exactly how to interact with each other and us it was it was really cool to to get to talk to them for a little while yeah and guy can uh, he can take the piss out of you right he's not afraid <laughs> to throw a jab here and there and he, he's pretty good at that he's funny you know and yeah. you're right you know it was it was them and then it was shouted out loudcast those mm -hmm. two that I found kind of early in our podcasting career is like, okay, this is the kind of thing. Obviously, we can't get the guests that Gary and Guy get. Right. Because we aren't as famous as they are, you know, and we don't know these people very well. But it's that kind of back and forth. I'm like, yeah, this is good. And that's how they share the spotlight together. This is awesome. And just to hear Guy talking about singing Rick's songs live. Mm. Of course, Rick was his father-in-law. Rick is his son's grandfather and have his son in the crowd to see him sing these songs it's like oh my goodness how emotional and the fact that he would just talk about that is is amazing and, and look total total respect for gary kemp you know because like spando okay they're kind of a pop band they were around in the 80s in america they have two dozen hits in the uk in america <laughs> it's basically true and that's it uh, and I knew him almost as an as an actor more than a right. singer songwriter kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and obviously he didn't sing in Spando. That was that was Tony Hadley. But just I have so much more respect for him after seeing him play live. I'm like he's a fantastic guitar player. Well, right. You know, 
this is amazing. And the insulting British press, like, who knew he was such a good guitar player? I'm like, I guess I have to fall into that category, but I'm not going to say a backhand compliment like the press over there. <laughs> he's awesome. He's great at what he does. And they had fun on stage. They look good mm-hmm. and they're enjoying themselves, you know? Yeah. And, and I think Nick said it best at the show, you know, he went from a new romantic hero to a guitar god to a prog rock hero yeah 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 absolutely and just just yeah just to watch him play you would you would never know that he was in this this basically i mean i don't know what you would call it in england but i mean it was a pop band in the united states pop band, blue-eyed soul they kind of go for you a new romantic kind of thing yeah right but but definitely not what he's doing now so yeah to, to watch him up there doing his thing and and like you said just having a great time with Guy and Nick and and Lee and everybody in the band, it was it was great to uh, the it, it was great to see that. The my only my only regret that I have was that I didn't get to see the show first. I mean, you, we had talked about it. I kind of mm-hmm. felt like I was there from your from your uh, retelling of it, but that was the only thing. I'm like, man, you know, I, I'm going to see it. I promise, I can't wait. But I'd love to have them back on again at some point in time just to talk about it from a having seen the show and then being able to talk about it from that point of view. Yeah. And you know, who knows what the future is going to hold is Nick going to say, okay, that's it. I'm going to put the saucers down now and I'm going to go back to, to retirement. Mm-hmm. If so, would they then go do something else together? Who knows? You know, I mean, they've yeah. written plays and scores and stuff like that. I mean, incredibly talented, but uh, who knows and whatever they're into. And obviously I continue to, to watch or listen to the show, but uh, the Rock on Tours, it's fantastic. Hopefully they'll not quit doing that anytime soon, but I, I like to see musicians uh, who are in their early 60s, they're not bad. Get out there and play. Get out there mm-hmm. and do it. You know, and, yeah. and, uh, and so now I'm interested. Gary Kemp's got a solo album. Yeah, I want to hear that, you know. Sure. Guy Pratt's coming to, uh, he's coming to Amsterdam. He's doing some, like a speaking engagement at the Hard Rock. I may not still live here at that point, but I do have a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll see, I guess. I don't know. But whatever they do, I, I'm full support of them. And and yeah, maybe who knows when there might be an opportunity to have them on again. Absolutely. Okay. So that those those were big. That was a huge, huge get for us. That really made our day, really made our show. But we realized, you know, sometimes it's good to talk to an artist who isn't a household man, who isn't from one of the biggest bands in the world like Pink Floyd. So we had a friend Again, from uh, Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon podcast family, hook us up with Autumn Hawk Percival, who Mm -hmm. is uh, an artist. I think she's kind of bi-coastal. I think she's mostly California, but sometimes she's in New York. And despite the fact that she's a beautiful and intelligent young Black woman, she loves Prague Rock. You know, her dog is named Jethro Tull. And so I said, all right, well, uh, she's got an album coming out here soon. Would she want to educate us on something we don't know much about, which is Gentle Giant, uh, you know, British prog legends who may not be that well known in America. You hear a lot more about them in England since I lived there. So I'm like, all right, if she knows about these guys, their album Octopus that had the great Roger Dean cover was turning 50. Maybe she'd come on and do that. And she graciously did. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and when you set this whole thing up, I've got to admit that of all the interviews that we did, this was the one where I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. Right. You've got you've got a like you mentioned, a young woman. I don't know what her age is. I would. She's like 30. 
Oh, okay. Well, that makes me that makes yeah. me feel better because I would have thought she could be my daughter, but that would be a very hard. Yeah. That would the timing would have been off for that. That'd have been when we lived together. You would have knocked right. up her mom. Yeah. Right. So I mean, not out of the question, but I mean, it, physically uh, possible, but it, you know, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So somebody, somebody who's a lot younger than we are, an album that I had no, I'd never listened to before, and it was early for me. She was on the West Coast. It was even earlier for her. I didn't know how this was going to go. I'm like, mm, here we go. In about a minute and a half of the interview, I'm like, this is everything is working here. She's great. She's a fun person to talk to. Mm-hmm. The, the music that she makes uh, at that point in time, her album's out now, but she had demos that we got to listen to that right. were not, I mean, they were not anything that I would listen to if I didn't know who she it, it didn't know her. So right. that was, so that was interesting to listen to that, but yeah, just a great person to talk to. She had a great perspective on the, on the uh, album. I think she said that she had a friend whose father was into it, and that's how she got introduced to into Gentle Giant, yeah, yeah. And, and prog rock, and yeah, just somebody again, very easy to talk to. Could we could have her back at any time? Would love to get her back to talk about Jethro Tull, since that's her. You know, like you mentioned, she named her dog Jethro Tull. Yeah, that's her real fan. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I mean, and she was lovely. I mean, just yes, a fun personality, fun to talk to, and smart. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. very intelligent. Knows stuff that we don't. Uses words that we don't. You know, um, <laughs> I'm trying to look them up while she's talking. And she plays, you know, all the instruments on her album. She had been in a band. She's like, that's kind of a pain. So I just do all the instruments, write all the songs, do it all myself. Now, you know, and plus she's she's a she's a beautiful woman. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, she's you know she's kind of ruining the vibe of the ugly American way. <laughs> uh, Every once in a while, we can take we give her a pass. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's right uh, for that. And you no, know, I guarantee you, we'll have her back on. Um, she made the release may not actually be coming till February, but she did sign with a record company, which is really awesome. Like I'm happy for her. I'm proud Mm -hmm. of her. Whatever we can do to help promote her, Autumn Hawk Percival. And you can find her on, I feel like she's more on Instagram than she is on Twitter. Uh, But you can find her, you know, with uh, pictures of herself out, maybe even with her sisters sometime. She's quite a cook. You should see all of the things she likes to put (laughs) together uh, on social media from time to time. Uh, but that was a fun show. It was great to meet somebody new. Yeah, absolutely. And, and get introduced to new music, both that she was making, but also on, on the gentle giant side. So that was a, that was a, a, like I said, I went in with a little bit of, I didn't know how it was going to go, but it turned out to be great. Yeah. Just, just a really nice person and somebody who we would have never gotten to talk to if it wasn't for the show. I know that was show one Oh one. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after our hundredth episode on Nick Mason's Sauce Bowl Secrets Live, uh, and then we kind of wrap up the year. Uh, show number one hundred eight with Jim Cregan, who is a very accomplished guitar player and songwriter. Someone who had collaborated with Rod Stewart basically for about twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. Lots of albums, lots of tours, including the Unplugged and Seated that was so big when we were in college that also featured Ronnie Wood. And again, it was Paul from Vintage Rock Podcast who we owe so much to, mm-hmm. uh, who, who really connected us with him. Uh, and not only would we talk to him about anything anytime, but he has a single out, a holiday song, which was a Johnny Mathis song, I believe called A Child Is Born, that he reworked, added some lyrics, added a bridge to, I believe. And it was all to benefit Angel Force USA, which is to bring awareness into to help veterans who may be feeling suicidal 
to help them out mm-hmm. to make sure that that they yeah. get the help that they need. I'm like, wow, great cause and great stories. Let's get the guy on. And he did not disappoint. <laughs> great guy to talk to. Great stories. Uh, what I love was the uh, you asked him about the well. Paul told you to ask him about the sex police. That's right. And so, so but it was one of those things where it was like, well, I don't know if I could. Anyway, so we were doing this thing. Right. And he obviously like. Right you know, into he, it. <laughs> yeah. He feigned. Well, I don't know if I want to do this for about a half a second and then went into it. Yeah. Just another guy who who we could talk to forever because he's got so many stories and is just just loves to talk about being a musician and playing with the guys and the whole story about Ronnie Wood showing up with the giant cooler full of anything you could ever Ooh, want. Yeah. And yeah. And are you, are you thirsty? <laughs> yeah, I could be thirsty. What, so what you got? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and Britt Eklund answers the phone. I'm like, Oh That's, my God. Yeah. How oh, hot you know. was she back then? Oh my God. <laughs> let me, uh, let me let you talk to Rod. You know what? No, I'm good. Just, uh, you stay on the phone, Britt. Yeah, keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Thank you. And the songs that he played on, I mean, it, He's on more than 50 gold and platinum records. Yeah. You know, Young Turks and Hot Legs. He played on all these songs. He co-wrote Forever Young, with, among mm-hmm. others. Just a, an amazing career. Again, not necessarily a household name, but his band, Cregan & Co., you know, they gig out a little bit. And he was talking about going to Rod's Christmas yes. party, you know, and like, yeah. oh, and Ronnie will be there and Kenny Jones will be there. I'm like, oh, my God, that sounds like a and and the part about how you know you're standing at rod stewart's house playing and he wants to get up on stage and you tell look him in the eye and tell him you know what you can't sing like this anymore go back and sit in your wheelchair and we'll let you know when it's time unbelievable just yeah to be to be part of that party would just be fantastic oh what is it like at a at a you know club or something no at his house i'm going to his in the country yeah yeah must be rough yeah. No, that's great. You know, and, and honestly, I mean, I feel like this year it's going to be hard to top, you know, as yeah. far as the guests that we wanted. If we had scratched together on day one, give me some names of folks who you would love to talk to. You know, Jeff Downs and Carl Palmer, Chris Slade and Steve Hackett, you know, Deborah Bond, they all would have been on there. You know, mm-hmm. and Gary Kemp, Guy Pratt, you're right. You know, it's like we didn't even dream big enough, you know. It's, <laughs> You know, it's it's like you don't want to dream too big. Who you want? Well, Mick Jagger and Eric Clapton. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, good good luck with that. But you know, find folks who you adore, who have something to promote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and let's see what happens. You know, let's start to make some inroads and see how it goes. You know, and so I'm uh, I'm very proud of of all we've done. You know, of all we've accomplished here, Gary. Guys who are unknown with no experience in radio or broadcasting, with not a lot of technological knowledge. <laughs> that's for sure. You can hear the difference in the quality in some of our shows. And no internet or uh, no social media following or experience whatsoever. And yeah. We've built it into something that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of. I'm proud to wear the Ugly American Werewolf t-shirt around and, and have people ask me what it is, you know? Absolutely. And, and that was one of the really cool things about going to the to Nick Mason show as part of the Pantheon family and have people come up to you, you know, huh, you know, what's this all about? And be able to say, yeah, we've got a legitimate podcast. We have people that listen. We've talked to, we've talked to guests and, and it's, it's a, it's a thing that started off as a hobby and really, I mean, it, this is a full fledged show now. 
And I think right. that the the thing that we I don't I want to don't want to say that it's nobody else does this, but I think our big thing is that all we are are fans. We're mm-hmm. not we're not claiming to be experts on anything. There's a lot of stuff I don't know, so that's that's kind of a cool thing too. Like when we were talking about Robert Plant's uh, first uh, solo record, you know, you were talking about how he was going to become a teacher. And mm-hmm. I was like, I remember like somewhere I remember the teacher thing, but I didn't remember that story. So it's kind of cool to go back and just learn new things and talk to a guy like Jim Cregan, who I, yeah. I was I was not familiar with his name, but familiar with his work. Right. And a guy who we could just talk to forever, who's he's just it's like it's almost like he can't believe that he's done all this stuff, too. Like, wow, he's he was yeah. you know, to got to get to do these things and to get these calls and and to to get to live the life that that he would always imagined you know like he he made a comment about how nobody wants him to play like steve vai they want him to play like jim cregan then you know you've done enough where people say no you're a legitimate persona and we want we don't want you to play like anyone else we want you to play like you because you've got your own sound to me that would be like the greatest thing ever like i've got this song in my head and i want i want jim I, i know he can do it he can play it the way that I want it played on this record. Yeah, and hopefully we've created a show with our voices that is unique. And, and people mm-hmm. don't want us to be like Shout It Out Loud cast. Right. People don't want us to be like performance anxiety. They, are, they don't want us to be like Martin Popoff. They want to be two old friends, one of whom is living in England or living in Europe, who are Anglophiles when it comes <laughs> to our rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> but we want to mix in some other stuff there, you know? And Yeah. It would probably be smart of us to focus or specialize in a band like let's just do a show on KISS or let's just do mm-hmm. a show on ACDC or whatever. And you see like Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. It's just all about Iron Maiden all the time. That's great. Our buddy Neil at Def Lep Pod has the best Def Leppard podcast going, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you can really focus and you do it on all their albums and tours and videos and stuff like that. But our tastes have always been eclectic. We continue to grow. Obviously, we're kind of going on this big prog process or, you know, experience over these last five, six, eight years, whatever. And and we continue to grow up like that. Like you said, we don't know everything, but Mm -hmm. we'd like to. So we get out there and explore it, you know, and Mm -hmm. we have built a little bit of a community and met other people who are like us, fanatics, who want to know every detail and want to keep this music alive because... Look, I know how old Jim Cregan and Steve Hackett and Rod Stewart and these people are. They're not going to be around forever. So as long as they're here, let's talk to them. You know, let, yeah. let, let's celebrate what they've done. And if they're still going, and I want them all to keep going as long as they want to and are healthy enough to do it, you know, let's celebrate that and let's promote it. And let's make sure everyone knows about it because when it's gone, it ain't coming back. Right, right. And it is it is great to be able to live vicariously through them for a little while and think about what it would be like to to hang around with uh in that scene and uh yeah like you said just keep it alive and hopefully pass it on and maybe introduce some people to in the listening audience to somebody that you didn't know before and if we can if we can get them to pass that along mm-hmm. that would be great I, i've told the story before i've got a co-worker who i told about the story and we had done a review of Led Zeppelin four. Right. And he said, you know what? I haven't listened to that record in 25 years, had a copy, pulled it out, listened to it and said, I forgot how much I love this record. It, um, then I've done my job for the day. Yeah. You know, that's great. And look, and that's kind of a good example too. Like 
how many shows on Led Zeppelin four other? Well, there's actually probably a lot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but we get one person to, to tune back into it. That's worth it, you know. But then we also do stuff like Pictures at Eleven by Robert Plant, you know, not now instead, you know, not, you know, one of the huge ones. You know, we go back and do some deeper tracks, like anyone could do Full Moon Fever by Tom right. Petty, but we do Long After Dark because it's celebrating a 40th anniversary. And guess what? It's a killer album. I love it. And it's not nearly as overplayed as something like a full moon fever, you know? So it's like, if we can tune, turn people onto that, that's great. You know, that, right. that's a lot of fun. So look, I, I'm thankful for the guests we've had on both the artists and the, you know, podcast journalist guests. I'm thankful to be able to go to live shows again. Uh, and we're going to keep doing that, you know, here in 2023 and doing reviews. But I, I, I got to say, Jackson, I'm most thankful for your friendship, my brother, and to be the one who wants to do this with me every week. Because as you and I both know, and I'm guessing a lot of people who listen to this show know, most of your family members, you start talking to them about Gentle Giant, or you want to you want to talk about the Ronnie James Dio movie, you know, their eyes roll in the back of your head. You know, it's like, okay, he's doing it again. He's, he's going off on some weird <laughs> tangent on some band. I don't even know who the fuck they are. But you are on this journey with me, my friend, and it really means a lot. And being living abroad and then living through the pandemic in a place where you didn't know anybody, you couldn't go out, couldn't go see rock and roll. To have you with me on this, it really means a lot. And I appreciate you. I thank you. And, I, and thank you for that. And I would say I would echo the same thing. And and it's nice because you know it, you've got a regular life. You've got a, I've got a job. I've got a family. Right. And sometimes it, stuff like this kind of gets pushed out of the way because you just have other things to do. That's right. And so this show it, it makes me tune into these things and listen to records like Pictures at Eleven. Mm-hmm. And then I mean it, you know to get to talk to you again about all of this stuff. I mean this is part two of a wrap up that we've spent probably three hours talking about. <laughs> right. And if I didn't have to actually go to work, we'd probably be on here for another two hours, just shooting the breeze. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I appreciate, I appreciate doing this and then reconnecting with you and, uh, and getting to, to put this out into the atmosphere. Absolutely. You know, and, and maybe the bad news is I'm moving back to the States and I have to give up this European lifestyle that I've, I've come to enjoy and mm-hmm. all the many shows that I have booked to go see in 2023. But maybe it also is a good thing that yeah, we can start seeing each other face to face a little bit more. You know, we're not going to have to wait another 28 years to see another <laughs> live concert together. You know, Right, uh, right. And we're definitely coming back to Europe for the Iron Maiden shows, but you know, I got a feeling that we'll find something else in 2023 to do, and maybe it'll be with another Pantheon sponsorship, or maybe it'll just be you and I get a chance to see the cult together finally. You know, yeah. after 30 years, how great would that be? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I think that's the, that's the way you have to look at it. I know you're not super excited about giving up the uh, the European gig, but I think uh, I think we can make some really great things happen back here in the United States and also to be in the t- same time zone again will be fantastic. It'll be, yeah, we'll probably start recording at night again, instead of first thing in the morning for right. you. I might actually be able to record, build a little recording spot in my home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't sound like we're in, I don't sound like I'm in a cave all the time. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. I mean, here's the thing within a year, I'll probably have lived in about, five different homes or, or maybe more, which is not great uh, for, as a recording studio, I got to tell you. So everyone who is bared with us, I listened through these many iterations 
as we've tried to improve our sound, I've moved from country and location to location. We appreciate it. Anyone who listens to this show, we love you. We appreciate it. You know, it's over a hundred countries in the world have downloaded Ugly American Werewolf in London. Tens of thousands of downloads, hundreds of thousands of streams. It's kind of amazing and it's humbling, but honestly, we want to just kind of continue to take it to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you said, this is going to be a tough year to top, but I look forward to, uh, to the challenge. All right, my brother, all the best to you for a safe and happy new year. And uh, here's to another half a century, man. You just turned 50. Oof. Yep. Up the, we're still, we're still on the, hopefully we're still on the climb. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think, you know, we, all of this, we talk about all of these records that we listened to in college and to think about like, not only would I get to interview these people, but you know, one day you're going to be 50 yeah, in like a million years. No, right. it's now. So yeah, just, it, it's, it's great. Looking forward to the, uh, to the next part of the journey and I'm excited. Yeah. I think about in college, man, a 50 year old record was Oof. like Benny Goodman or something like yeah. that. You know? <laughs> Now a 50-year-old record, you know, <laughs> is dark side of the moon. <laughs> right. That's all right. We'll keep the we'll keep the torch lit. That's right. Well, that wraps part two of 2022 in review here on the podcast. And I hope you enjoyed going back down memory lane as much as Jackson and I did, enjoying what we talked about, hearing about us talk with the various rock stars and artists and and big guests that we had on the show and we're proud to have on our show in 2022. It was really a dream come true to speak to some of these folks like Jeff Downs and Carl Palmer and Chris Slade and and Steve Hackett. But to get to know... uh, some people that we maybe didn't know as well, you know, like Amanda Lehman, like Deborah Bonham and, and Peter Bullock, and like Autumn Hawk Percival. Just a lot of fun as people who love rock music, who want to know as much about it as possible, want to explore and know as many different genres of music as possible, and who've loved it all of our lives and, and have always dreamed of interacting with the folks who have taken up space under the lighted stage to play music that people love, just to have a chance to speak with them about what they do and how they do it was special for us. And I I feel like a lot of them enjoyed being on our show as well. And hopefully some of them will come back. And of course, hopefully in, in 2023 and beyond, we'll have more great guests, great artists and musicians on to tell their stories, uh, to help keep this rock and roll that me and Jackson love alive and well for decades to come. So, as usual, this is where I ask, folks, did we get something right? Did we get something wrong? Did we miss the point? Did we leave out your favorite part? You have got to let us know. You email us, uglyamericanwerewolf at gmail.com. You can also tweet or DM us at actionjack72 or at ugly underscore werewolf. Check us out on Instagram, on YouTube. And please, if you're thinking about it out there, when you're downloading and subscribing, Think about giving us a, a positive review because it just helps us find more rock and rollers like you around the world, helps us grow the show, and make sure you go check out our sponsors, rarevinyl.com, because if you go to rarevinyl.com and use the code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, you can get 10% off all of your orders all around the world. Phew. All right. Well, I hope everybody had a restful 
New Year's Eve and a restful holiday season are geared up and ready for a productive 2023. I know Jackson and I are, but I don't know exactly what we're going to be talking about next week. That'll be a surprise to me, uh, as it will be to you. So you have to tune in, you have to download and subscribe to find out exactly what we're talking about next. And to all of you rockers all around the world, be cool and stay safe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.